Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, as we enter 2024, it's really crucial to assess your budget, your debt, and your, your investments to make sure that they are still in alignment with your financial objectives. So to help kickstart the process, we've put together a few steps right here to help you get started. And I'm gonna offer a couple other tips to maybe find some money that you You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you, too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm Steve Siddall. Kevin, a fiduciary, independent advisor, representative, Silverleaf Financial, helping folks for more than 30 years, getting him to and through retirement. And now he caught my uh, my ear by saying, money I didn't know I had. Hmm? That's, that's right. <laughs> that is right. Yes, uh, Steve, thank, thank you very much. And uh, guys, you know what? There's, a, there's a, a headline in this week's paper in Arizona, uh, the good old Arizona Republic. Uh, and what they're talking about is just in Arizona, there's apparent there's apparently 2.2 billion dollars of unclaimed property. And I, I don't mean heart property like land. I mean property like you know maybe somebody for, maybe you put down a security deposit at an apartment that you had years ago and you forgot to get it back, or or it could be travelers checks that were that were never used, never cashed. Um, so so things like that. There is 2.2 billion dollars out there. Boy, there's got to be something for darn near everybody. <laughs> right. That's, 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 I mean, gosh, that's what I was, I saw that. I'm saying, well, I got to check myself. Is, is there any money for me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, no, there wasn't. No, any there wasn't. <laughs> okay. You know, I already checked. Uh, but guys, there's over $2 billion that's unclaimed. So by all means, go to the Arizona Department of Revenue website. That's where you can find it. Arizona Department of Revenue. It'll take you to another website. I think it's called Missing Money, I believe. Uh, and, and all you got to do is put in your name. That's it. You don't have to put in anything else. You don't have to give your social security number or any personal info beyond your first and your last name. You can also check for a business if you happen to be a business owner. So uh, take a look at it. Who wouldn't like some free money, especially right at the holidays? Right now at Christmas, exactly. Right now. Perfect timing. So take uh, take a look. And guys, I want a quick short story that I mentioned to, to Steve earlier, actually. Two or three years ago, uh, 
believe it or not, I actually got a letter in the mail from the state of Illinois where me and my wife used to live. And the letter said that we think we have some unclaimed property for you. And sure enough, I went to the Illinois state of Illinois website for unclaimed property. And, and I got back like 600 bucks. Okay. Now it's not, you know, it's not enough to retire on, but, but it certainly was nice to get something unexpected. Well, like it's, that. it's a couple of dinners out for sure. Hey, a couple of good ones. <laughs> right? Really good of, ones. Yeah. A couple of really good ones, you know, so you can buy that hundred dollar steak if you want to. Exactly. Um, you know, and uh, so anyway, check it out. There is a lot of money out there that's unclaimed that people have just forgotten about. Uh, so make sure you take a look at it and uh, see if there's anything for you. So I wanted to mention real quick this time of year, guys, and we're going to talk about some things to, to get ready for 2024 as we come into the year. So we want to look at some house cleaning things, right? I call it house cleaning. Yeah. Uh, tidy up, tidy up a little bit, if you will. And uh, something I want to mention, okay, right now, for those of us that are self-employed uh, or independent contractors, if you're like me, and you have to buy your own health insurance, okay? This is the time of year when you do it, okay? We can only do it certain times a year. And if you're self-employed or an independent contractor and you purchase your own health insurance for you and your family, now is a really good time to think about whether you want to set up a health savings account, all right? Now is the time. Don't blow it off, don't put it off. You gotta do it now, all right? So if it makes sense to you, Look into a health savings account. I've talked about it many times on the show before. This is one of the best accounts out there for tax purposes, meaning it is the only account, guys, the only account where if you set it up properly and use the money as you're supposed to, which is for healthcare expenses, all right, then it's completely tax-free, all right? Unlike an IRA or a 401k where you pay tax on one side or the other, right? With an IRA, you get the tax break going in, you pay tax when you bring it out. Income tax, okay, not capital gains tax income tax. With an HSA account, you get the tax You get the tax deduction when you put the money in there. The money grows tax-free, not tax-deferred. And when you take it out, as long as you take it out for qualified medical expenses, it's completely tax-free. It is the only truly tax-free account that's out there. An IRA account, a retirement account, all the other accounts you pay tax one side or the other. So if you can take advantage of a nice HSA, especially if you're a younger person, because you can put away seven or $8,000 a year. If you're able to do that every year, let's say for 20 years, you could have a couple, you could have two, $250,000 sitting in an account that you can take out money for healthcare. So, and, and whenever, whenever you need it, and you could do something I'm doing, which I've mentioned before also, the government, check this out. The government lets, will allow you to save your receipts. So from all the doctor visits, medical care, you know, whether it's a knee brace, or a dentist visit, or vision, or hearing, you name it, it's very wide range, even chiropractic, okay, um, medicines. Um, it gets a little tricky with Medicare, so just, just so you know, it's a little wonky in that area. But there's a ton of expenses that qualify for being tax-free. So in other words, what, we, what me and my wife have been doing, we've got HSA, I've got an HSA account set up for a while, so what we're doing is I'm paying our health expenses now with just you know pocket cash with you know right i'm just paying it right now out of money that i have okay Be because i want the hsa account to grow because it's growing tax-free right yeah and and then what the government will let you do check this is so cool we can save our receipts for 10 15 20 30 years and then when we're retired and i'm six you know 70 72 years old or something and i say you know what honey why don't we take some of that money and pay ourselves back and we can withdraw the money from the health savings account tax-free 
We have records of all the expenses that we've paid over the last 20 years or something, and we can pay ourselves back. And it's 100% legal, 100% legitimate, and that we're reimbursing ourselves for expenses that were paid decades ago. Okay? Wow. I'm, I'm wow. not aware of it. Any other account that'll do that? No, and I and I people are not aware that this is an option, or people aren't aware that this is essentially a benefit that you can take advantage of. Oh my gosh! And I'll tell you what, because what I'm trying to do, is, and it's a huge benefit, huge benefit. All right, what I'm what I'm doing is I am strategizing so that there will be some years. I, I wish all of them, but there'll be some years when I'm retired, when me and my wife are retired, and we'll pay zero taxes, zero taxes because our income is going to be coming from Roth IRAs and HSA accounts. So we'll have tax-free income from those accounts. And if we don't have any, if we don't go over the max on how much taxable income uh, we have, then our social security will be tax-free as well. And so I am going to do it strategically. So I'll look at a year like now, I'll say, I'll look into 20, I'll look into the next year. Where are my income sources coming from? And and in certain years, I'm going to make sure that they only come from tax-free places that I only have a little bit of taxable income. Uh, I think you could make up to like maybe 10 grand, you know, ballpark um, over and above your social security without making social security taxable too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, so it's not a lot, but if you have other tax-free income coming in, you can definitely make it work. And so it's just something I'm looking at because it's not going to save a fortune, but I think just on social security alone, it'll save four or $5,000 a year. So I mean, that's real money. That's that's real money. It's a, you know, a a nice little vacation or a long weekend or something or, yeah, or maybe just invest it and let it grow. So, but it's another way you can save money and put more money away. All right. I like that. And, you know, we were talking about the market too, as we got started here, just before we got started. And and this week has been, boy, what a ride for, for the, for the oh, market yeah. this weekend in a very positive way. It's, it's really, it's been fantastic. And, and I tell you what, the, the Dow hit an all time, all time record high. Uh, and the S and P 500 is within about 1% or so excuse me, of its all-time high as well. And the nice thing about it with the S&P is, 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 you know, 500 stocks in the S&P 500, right? Yes. And so it's a lot broader measure of the health of these companies, of the health of, their, of, of, of the stock of these companies. And, and it's not just, you know, Apple and Microsoft and NVIDIA and Tesla and the so-called Magnificent Seven, uh, Facebook and Google, um, and maybe I'm forgetting one, Netflix. Um, it's not just... It's not just those seven stocks that are carrying us. Now, all of those seven have had fantastic years, all right? But it's really important. We want to see expanding breadth. We want to see, in other words, we want more stocks to participate. And right now, I believe we have something like 75 or 80% of all the stocks in the S&P 500 are above their 50-day moving average price, which is a very healthy sign. So we've got a lot healthier looking market than we've had in a long, long time. And so with interest rates coming down, the setup really looks good. There's a lot of analysts raising their estimates for 2024. Uh, I saw one estimate come out uh, earlier this morning with a, where they raised their target on the S&P for the end of 24 to 5,500, okay? Right now, it's just over 4,700, all right? So that's that's what, 16, 17, 18% is what wow. they're calling for a gain next year. Holy so guys, cow. you know, take a look at it. This is a good time to double check your allocation, make sure you're not taking too much risk, but it does look like risk assets, aka stocks, are in really good shape going forward. Unless we have some big surprise or an interest rate spike, right now it looks, you know, the market's signaling all clear. 
that's why I rallied yesterday. Wow. And and that's, I mean, again, that's kind of an exciting way to end the year. We talk about that Santa Claus rally or the Santa, oh, yeah. you know, the end of the year. Yes. This, we, as you said earlier, it's, so we're in the midst of it, perhaps. Well, I think we are. I think we are. You know what? November and December are typically, you know, good, you know, good months for the stock market. And, and part of it, we call it the Santa Claus rally. Um, part of it is going into, we also have going into the new year, the January effect. Uh, if we keep on rallying in December, then I'm probably going to be thinking uh, that we're likely to see a little weakness in January. All right. That doesn't that doesn't mean you need to get out of the market, though, guys. All right. Mm -hmm. You, you, you want to condition yourself so that when you see weakness in the market, you, you don't get afraid. All right. You don't start thinking about running for the hills. You start writing up a list of what you want to buy. That's the behavior you want to have when the market is weak, when the market's going down. You want to be making up a list doing your research and looking at stocks, f trying to find companies that you want to own and you want to buy them at a cheaper price. You want to buy them when they're on sale. So the behavior you want to emulate when the market's weak or scary or everybody is saying run for the hills, that's when you want to sit back and say, you know what, I'll bet there's some good companies out there that are trading at a discount that I can buy at a cheap price that a few years down the road, I'm probably going to make a lot of money with. So that's what you want to do. If you see the weakness, Take advantage of it by buying quality companies. All right. And and these are just the kinds of things that that I know you're doing for yourself and for your clients. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And, and um, you, you know what? And that's it, it does. I tell you what, I like it. I like it when the market, <laughs> this might sound crazy, but it's I mean, I don't like it as much when the market is hitting new highs because it's so much harder to find, you know, to find good buys. OK, right? but sure. But, but when the but when the market sells off and everybody is afraid, it's a lot easier to find good value. And so like now, if you look at, I mean, look at Apple, Apple hit an all time high this week, all time high. All right. And I want to say we're, we're trading at what, like a valuation of 30 times earnings or something, um, which is very high. Apple historically has traded less than 20 times earnings. So be careful about some of the valuations. Now, now it doesn't mean you, you can't make money on it, but what it does mean is that if there's a correction in the market, the stocks that have had the big moves, the 50, 60, 70, 100 percent or more moves, then chances are people are going to take profits if they start if they start to think the uh, the run is going to, you know, the rally is coming to an end. So you don't you don't want to be, you know, and I'm talking about an investor, a long term investor. The mentality should be to buy on to buy on weakness. Think about Warren Buffett. Right. The time to be greedy is when others are fearful and the time to be fearful is when others are greedy. Right. So now I'd be willing to bet you Buffett and his group, they're probably taking profits on some of the holdings. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Yeah, you know, and, and, and just building up a little cash. I do think it's a good idea to build a little cash. The market has been doing really well. All right. But personally, I, I, feel, I feel like we're getting a little stretched. I feel like the market's overbought. Um, and I mentioned to Steve earlier, I was actually thinking about going short just for a trade. Now, that, now I'm not recommending that to anybody unless you're very experienced because you can you can lose your shirt by going short, all right? Because you have unlimited exposure. So, in other words, if the market keeps going up and up and up, there you you could really be in a bad spot. So, I'm only looking at it because as I watch the market every day for 30 plus years now, it looks to me like it's a little overextended. I think we're overbought. You know, the thing is with an overbought market, I remember back in the 90s, in the late 90s, 1998, 19, early 1999, I'm thinking this market really looks stretched. It really looks like it's gone too high, right? Mm -hmm. It kept going high for another year, year and a half. It kept going higher. And, and so the market, the market tends, tends, you know, 
um, I say the market's bipolar, okay? The market is bipolar because when it gets happy, like now, it's extremely happy. It's ecstatic. Everything is wonderful. Bad news is good news. Everything's wonderful. But something's going to happen. Something's going to come out. And then people are going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. The market's overvalued. And, the mar- and we're probably going to sell off and, and we can go down and it can ex- react in the extreme in the down you know, on, on a bear market as well. The market tends to overshoot in both directions. And so you just want to be aware of that and try to, con- you know, try to control your emotions and make logical decisions rather than reacting out of fear or greed. Okay. Well, I mean, again, those are, that's wise words, but it's sometimes hard to, it's sometimes hard to step back and, and do what you know is supposed to be right because it doesn't necessarily feel right. It is. Oh, it is. It is. I'll tell you what it, it, you know, it's really hard, you know, for instance, uh, um, I, let me tell you something I owned personally, I owned Nvidia, I owned Google and I owned Palo Alto networks. All right. Mm-hmm. A, a year ago, I owned them all. And then partway through the year, I got spooked. I got emotional and I got out of them. And I look back on it and NVIDIA was the number one performing stock in the entire S&P 500 for the year. And Palo Alto and, and Google were also fantastic performers. And I made some money with them, but I didn't make as much as I could have. And it's because I got impatient. I got impatient and I became afraid that there is going to be a bigger loss. And so I was more concerned about losing money than I was about, you know, making a profit, mm-hmm. making a big, making a bigger profit. So those, those are the things we always have to balance. You always have to juggle those. And that's why it's so important to, to have a good idea about how much risk you can take. And, and it's easy to say I'm good with risk when the market's hitting highs, when you're making money, everybody's good with risk. All right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how comfortable you are with risk when you're down. All right. When you're sitting at a 20% loss, are you okay with that? Are you losing sleep? All right. If you're losing sleep or if you're getting anxious or if you're getting too stressed out over it or worrying about it or thinking about it too much, for instance, if you're looking at your account every day, chances are you're taking on more risk than you're really comfortable with. So we, that's the first thing that I like to dial in with everybody is to make sure we're taking the right amount of risk because then I know we can be in it for the long haul and that gives you the ability to weather the storm so you don't freak out like I did when I sold what turned out to be some of the best positions in the market. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, again, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that, that you say you got spooked. I mean, it, it, it happens to everybody, doesn't it? It does happen. It does happen to everybody. And that, and that's why I'm here. That's why I'm trying, trying to say, you know, learn from, learn from my mistakes. Okay. I've been doing this a long time and, and, and I knew, I knew at that time I said, man, I think, you know, long-term these things look really good, Yep. you know, but, but sometimes these voices get in your head and, and one of the voices that's been in my head all year long, and yes, I'm going to blame them, right? It's ultimately always our individual's responsibility, okay? Yeah. Because you're the ultimate person up, responsible for your own actions, right? Sure. So I accept, I accept responsibility for my action, but I will admit that I did have some bears. I was hearing bears, uh, a.k.a. Mike Wilson from Morgan Stanley. Uh, he's one of the lead economists, lead strategists there. He's been bearish all year. He's been he's been bearish all year long, saying the S and P was going to go down to like thirty five hundred. All right, and he's been completely wrong. But he had some good arguments. A lot of people have been calling for a recession, right? Calling for some people like okay, Jamie Dimon, the boss at Chase Bank, another billionaire, right? Yes. He he was calling for interest rates to go to seven percent. He said we have a what did he say? We might have have a, a economic hurricane. I think he said that's that was the description. It was yes. Isn't that what it was? Right? Yes. 
so now he's right. He's running the one of the biggest banks in the world, right? He, he's a multi-billionaire. You would think he knows something about finance, right? You would think. You would think, but he was totally wrong. All right, <laughs> totally wrong. Yeah, just just like Mike Wilson at Morgan Stanley. I don't know how many millions they pay him every year, but I'm betting he's making at least five million a year, if probably a lot more than that. Uh, and he was totally wrong, and and that's his that's his job, right? And so a couple of years ago, he was spot on. He did, he has made some good calls in the past. 2023 was not one of them, though. So so it's important when you're thinking about these decisions, you know, to 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 frame it properly. And to, and to look at exactly what you're doing to make sure you're not taking on too much risk. But if you're a long-term investor, usually the best solution is to just hold on, maybe reallocate, maybe get some different positions, but to stay invested generally is the best solution. Sure. And again, it's also of vital importance to me anyway, and is to work with an independent fiduciary advisor because you've got 30 years experience doing this and, and yes. uh, you know, you've been there a time or two. Yes. And, and I'll tell you what, that, that is something that an advisor can help you with, because a lot of times it's good to just have somebody to bounce your ideas off of just having somebody to have a conversation with, right. Mm -hmm. To see if the, to see if the way you're thinking about it is, you know, makes sense to other people. And, and so that you don't make a rash move um, that, that you wind up regretting later on. And so none of us, none of us, you know, are, are perfect, right. We all make mistakes. And, but my, my belief is that if you're working with an advisor, somebody that's got a lot of experience, you're a lot less likely to make a mistake. If you do make a mistake, it's probably it, it'll be it'll be one that you know it doesn't really hurt you. In other words, if we take a profit in something and it goes higher, it's like you know, okay, is it really that bad? We did make money with it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you always want to make as much as you can, um, but at the same time, we want to manage risk and we don't want to have a small loss turn into a large loss. So it can become difficult, you know, with, with some of the stocks I got out of, I had stop orders and, and a stop order is when you uh, preemptively put in a price and you say, if it goes below this price, it's, it's in the computer, it's automatically going to sell. And, and, and that's a way that a lot of traders, a lot of investors try to manage risk because we don't want to, you don't want a, a loss to turn into a huge loss. So in other words, I'm okay taking an eight, 10, 12% loss, but I really hate taking anything, taking a loss bigger than that. I, I, it just, I just can't, I hate it. I can't stand it. All right. So I don't want to see a loss turn into that something that large. So a lot of times I'll set a loss, I'll set a limit uh, at a 10% loss. And I say, if I'm, if I'm wrong, then I'm out. And, and so what happens with these volatile stocks like Nvidia, it can easily drop 10% before it turns around and comes back and rallies another 30, 40, 50%. You know, no, you yeah. know, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen, but that's, that's the type of action in that stock. Wow. Okay. Well, these are all good things to know. And, and as we do sort of wind down the year, what are some other things that, that we should be doing or, you know, sort of making sure that, you know, I's are dotted, T's are crossed? Yes, for, for sure. You know what? And it is a good time. I know, I know it's the holidays and we want to have fun. And, and by all means, have a lot of fun. I agree. Celebrate. Enjoy your family and your friends. But at the same time, maybe you can carve out a little bit of time to take a look at your budget. All right. If you don't have a budget, then please put one together. Just put something down on paper. All right. Whatever you put down is more than you've got, you know, now if you haven't done it. <laughs> yes. Right? Well, more I mean, than you have now. You, you, you make such a good point, and, and I think it's often overlooked. But just from my own experience is, is once you write that down, once you get that, you know, on paper and you can see it, it becomes very real. It, it does. It does. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't have to go no. spend, a for, right? spend a fortune on a software program or something. 
just grab a pen and paper and start writing down what comes in your mind, right? Yep. What are you paying for your mortgage or for your rent? What are you paying for gasoline or travel, food, right? All insurance, all your expenses. And, and now is a good time to go over and look at all your fixed expenses, your variable expenses. It doesn't have to be a really time consuming thing. I think most people, if you're the one that pays the bills, you could probably come up with quite a few of them right off the top of your head. Sure. But, but it'll give you a good place to start to see where your money's going. And then you can start to make adjustments to maybe save a little more, maybe spend a little less, put a little bit more away for your retirement. And, and you're going to find that it's a big, big benefit to have that. So I would start off, you double check your budget or create one if you don't have one. And then you want to make sure you've got an emergency fund, right? Everybody, hopefully by the time you know, you're even in your 30s, hopefully you've got an emergency fund on the side. And what I mean by that is something that should be in a liquid cash account, like a money market or a savings account, where you can easily access it without penalty. And, it's, and it should be, in my opinion, anywhere between three and six months of expenses. If you're closer to retirement, then maybe it's more like nine or 12 months of expenses. And, and, and I say that because I don't want you to have to sell a stock position if it's down because you need money. So if you find yourself in a spot, you need to repair your roof or buy a new air conditioner or fix your car or whatever it might be, you can tap the emergency fund so you don't have to go into your longer term investments. Sure. Well, and again, that's exactly right. And, and that emergency fund, and I think a lot of us uh, woke up to that in, during, during COVID, the need to have that because there were so many things happening that, that you know, oh, from yeah. jobs to sick to, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah. And uh, so now oh, yeah. it's t- hopefully you've got that re- replenished and you're uh, back on the right track. Exactly. That should be the first one to, to fund. If you're just starting off, then the first thing you should be doing is putting money into an emergency fund because things come up, things happen all the time, right? Life yep. happens, you know, and, and, you know, like in Arizona, it's not unusual for your air conditioner to break down. So if, so if you're a homeowner, you know, you could be looking at eight or 10 grand just replacing the air conditioner. All right. And, and you know, your car, car repairs, things like that. There's all sorts of things that happen that come up. And so you want to have that money available that doesn't cause you any stress. You can easily tap it uh, if you need it. And then you want to make sure you replenish it if you do use it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then, then the next thing you want to look at, let's take a look at, as you're going through that budget. Let's look at your debt. If you have any credit card debt, by all means, what you should start, if you have more than one credit card, you should be paying down the one with the highest interest rate. The one with the highest interest rate that you're paying right now. Not something in the future. Let's say you got... Okay, a lot of times people get a balance transfer offer. So they get a zero transfer, but they're going to charge you 3 4% up front to do it, which I, I don't recommend, by the way. But if you do that, be aware of the timeline in terms of when they're going to jack that rate back up. Okay, because a lot of times people do it, and then they forget about it. And then they look at their statement a year later, and they see 24% interest down there. And they say, holy cow, what's going on? All right, guys, you got, you got to set reminders for yourself. Use your calendar, set a reminder. So if you've got six months of zero interest, then after five months, all right, Set a reminder for yourself to go in and and pay off that card or figure out a way that you don't have to get hit with interest because a lot of the cards, they don't just charge the immediate interest going forward. They charge you the interest from that accrued from day one, from day one. Right. So take a look at your credit cards. If you have to put them on a spreadsheet. All right. If you've got a bunch of credit cards, put them on a spreadsheet. So you've got the numbers right in front of you, including the interest rates, including any fees you're paying and pay, concentrate on paying the most on the ones that are costing you the most, right? So the highest interest rate, that's what you should be paying the extra money to pay it down and pay it off. Just make the minimum payments on the lower interest rate ones and put your extra cash towards the highest interest rate to get out of that debt. 
and then it just one one builds off the other, and uh, before you know it, you knocked it out. You got it. You got it. But you, you you've got to be diligent about it, especially if you're looking at double digit interest rates. Mm-hmm. And and I know a lot of people are are, are paying over twenty percent interest again now. Oh, I know. Uh, and and guys, that that can that can uh, that it's a huge huge uh, snowball effect. That if you let it continue, it's like that snowball coming down the hill. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you're just paying the minimum payment, it's it you might never pay it off. And and that's just, it's a horrible experience to have to go through. I've been there. I've had times when business was slow and I had to take on credit card debt. And 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 I did exactly what I'm describing now. Uh, I'm glad to say, you know, we no longer have debt of any kind. And and that is a fantastic feeling. It's so freeing uh, that that I don't feel you know nobody else has their hand in my pocket anymore. Yeah, for, what my, feeling. for my entire right for my entire life, somebody had their hand in my pocket, and and it just felt so good when I finally paid off the mortgage. That's you know no more with anybody in my pocket, and hopefully it'll never be that way again. And that gives us the ability to save every extra dollar that we make. I can save it. So every month I'm saving and and putting it away so that I can have the type of retirement. I try to build for my clients. Exactly. All right. Well, it sounds great, folks. If you want to reach out to Kevin, it's 800 975 6717. Or you can visit silverleaffinancial.com. That's the website, silverleaffinancial.com. You can email Kevin direct right there. And again, folks can call or they can they can email you direct as well. And, and you're happy to, to sort of connect with people. Yes, definitely, guys. Feel free to reach out. I've got a lot of materials, a lot of resources on my website. We've got at least, gosh, at least the last 20 shows, I think are on the website. So if you want to listen to a show from the past, you can certainly do that. And I encourage you to do that because I think it's a great way to see if we'll be a good fit or not. Right. Right. And so so you can listen to the shows. I've got all kinds of resources, blogs, articles um, about really anything and everything financial or retirement planning. And, um, and also I've got some free books, you know, like the five keys to a successful retirement. If you, if you'd like a copy of it, just go to my website, put in your contact information. I'll be happy to send it to you free of charge. All right. That, that sounds good to me. So, uh, you know, again, getting back to the whole uh, recap of the year, looking forward, a lot of folks this this time of year are actually sitting down and rewriting or revisiting their goals, and and maybe they're changing a little bit. And and that is something that you should do every year. And and now's a great time to do it. It it is a great time to do it. You know, like I said, we all want to have fun and celebrate with friends and family. But for most of us, that you, you will have some downtime, right? A lot of people are taking off work. So you probably have a little bit of, of extra time that you can do some things like this. And, and you know what? Rather than, rather than doing a New Year's resolution, why don't you sit down and, and write down some serious goals? Yeah. Okay, forget, forget about the nonsense New Year's resolutions. I agree. Right? And, and, you know, let's focus on some solid goals. Maybe take a look at how much you're putting into your 401k. Could you possibly increase that amount, right? Put in an extra 1%, 2 3%. Could you do that? And ask yourself if you did it, are you going to miss the money? And if the answer is no, go ahead and do it. Try to put as much as you can into those accounts. If you can start saving more, it's a great time to do it at the end of the year because you can your payroll department or human resources can start it right at the beginning of the new year and you'll put away more money and you're going to have that much better of a retirement. So it's a good time to take a look at your goals and, 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 and it's also a good time to, at the same time I mentioned before, to review your asset allocation. Make sure you're not taking on too much risk. If you, if you felt like you were taking too much risk when the markets were down earlier in the year, now is the time to maybe rebalance or reallocate, maybe take some profits and, and put some money into something safer. Maybe get into a guaranteed interest rate, 
we can still get 5%. I can get almost 6% guaranteed right now. So if you don't have any safe guaranteed investments, that might be something you want to take a look at as well. All right. And um, so, again, we've sort of covered some great ground here today, Kevin. And, and uh, so what, what's, uh, what's, what are you going to leave us with? I know we've got one more show this year. So uh, as we lead into that, what, uh, what do you want to leave us with today? You know, you know, just one one final topic. You know what? With me, I get I get my homeowner's insurance bill this time of year every year. Okay. Unfortunately, they're raising my premium almost 60%. 60? Yes, 60%. Okay, so... No, I'm not thrilled about it, but I've told myself I'm going to sit down and I'm going to I'm going to get in touch with some insurance people and I'm going to see if I can save some money on my homeowners and my auto auto policy, right? Remember you guys, you can save money by bundling these things together. They'll give you a multi-policy discount, you know, and and uh, if you have an alarm on your house, you can get a discount. There's a lot of ways you can save some money. Sure. But if you're looking at anything like I am, I know homeowners insurance across the country has been going up at ridiculous rates. Um, a lot of insurance companies that, like State Farm, I think they left. They, they left the state of California because of wildfire risk. A lot of insurance companies have left the state of Florida because of the hurricane and the flooding. And so that's causing a lot of people's homeowners insurance to jump. So don't just file that policy or file the notice when it comes in. Take a look at it because if you're like me, you'll be shocked when you see a 60% increase. Uh, but that motivates me to, to look around and price or shop around to see if I can save, to see if I can save some money. And I think that's a good idea to take a look at your policies, see if you can save some money, make sure you've got the coverages, you know, that are most appropriate for where you are right now in life. Uh, and hopefully you can wind up saving some money, too. All right. That sounds great, Kevin. And uh, let's uh, reconvene in a week. What do you think? I think I think that sounds perfect. Guys, I hope you find it helpful. Please feel free to reach out anytime. provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.